0: What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible, like at the cantina? I'll take a half cap spotchka, lightweight.
1: Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible.
2: Or getting your Podracer serviced.
1: My pod
0: racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the audible logo and start your 30 day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. Hi, this is Timothy Zahn, author of Star Wars Thrawn. You're listening to Living Force Podcast.
3: Welcome to the Living Force Podcast.
0: But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some
1: power converters. A utini production.
0: What a piece of junk.
1: Episode 75, Catching Up with Star Wars Anthologies. You be more careful. On this
0: episode, the successful launch of Project Stardust. I feel the force. Kanju Book Club announces the book for September. I won't fail you. And the UTini crew talks about
1: anthology books, dark legends, and the Clone Wars stories of light and dark. Is Darth Vader my th- and now here are your hosts i'll never turn to the dark side dr Corey helton eric eilerson dr charles hankel and wes jenkins what is up everyone welcome welcome to the living force podcast i am one of your hosts eric eilerson and joining me tonight are the doctors themselves first off we have dr Corey helton hello sir What's up? What's up? How are you guys doing? Oh, better now that you're here as always. And of mm. course, to add mm. to the joyful tones, we have Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, man.
4: Hello there. I will never have the same energy as Corey, but I can aspire to it.
1: You gotta you gotta work on
2: those finger guns, dog. Right? Finger it's guns.
1: all about
2: the finger
1: guns. <laughs> Speaking of finger guns, we have the finger gun legend extraordinaire to round us out, Wes Jenkins.
0: Greetings, everyone. Good to see you in... In the chat, I guess. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Speaking of energy. Cake. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, and to everyone in the chat, welcome in. If this is your first time joining us, you have just found the living force a positive Lovely community we like to think in the Star Wars galaxy. We are from the site utini.com where you can go for all your Star Wars reviews, reading guides, and everything you need to dive into the Star Wars Expanded Universe. We have a vibrant online community which you can check out by heading over to utini.com slash Discord and a Patreon jam-packed with hours of extra content at Patreon.com slash More on that later because there's some cool stuff coming out. But to start off the show, everyone, uh, we are going to be talking about some anthology books in this episode, including Dark Legends by George Mann and Clone Wars, or sorry, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Stories of Light and Dark. I nailed it. It's a great title. (laughs) uh, Later on in the show. But before we get to that, I want to address something we said in the intro in a totally new way. Y'all, on Friday, we got to witness... The launch of Project Stardust, a brand new website in the Star Wars community. And I was freaking blown away. Guys, this was awesome.
2: It was. It was fantastic. Like, we, we've been talking with Meg a lot behind the scenes um, at Utini. We, we've known this project was launching for a long time. Um, but we finally saw the official launch of it this week. Um, project Stardust, it seems to be a... How do, you, how do we describe it? Like a for women, by women in a Star Wars safe place with a lot of really good commentary for females in the Star Wars community, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it looks super, super good. They have a huge team there. Uh, I was checking out their, their um, Instagram this week where they sort of went through and showing everybody their team. We should do that ourselves, actually, yeah. like, because but like are already going to say,
1: yeah, they've been up for four days and we're like, oh, wait, good idea. We got to take it.
2: Yeah, this is really, really good stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen any of their articles, but one of them mm-hmm. came across my Twitter yesterday. I think I shared it with you guys. It was incredibly, incredibly well-written. Like, so impressed with, mm-hmm. with the quality of their site right out the gate. Because, I mean, how many renditions of Uteni.com have we gone through? Like, eight? <laughs>
1: Only one. It's always been this. It's always been good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's really good yeah. stuff. You guys need to check it out if you're if you're a lady and and you've ever faced any sort of opposition. Like, how could you have not faced that in yeah. this community? I and mean,
4: and also, I mean, just if you're anyone, if you're a Star Wars fan, check it out. You know, because like yeah. it's this is a site certainly that is specifically aiming to be like a safe place for women in the fandom. But like, it's just straight up good content. And like, it if is, you're yeah, a Star Wars fan, you will find something on there that you enjoy.
1: Yeah, and before we go any further on that, it is project-project-stardust.org is the URL. Um, and I want to shout out a lot of the creators of Stardust jumped into our Discord this week, and we got to meet them and chat with them about all the goings on. We have a new Stardust emoticon emoji that we, uh, that, uh, that Jose, I'm not going to say we, we did nothing, that Jose created <laughs> uh, for the Discord and celebration. There's a channel for Project Stardust in there where you can share all the articles um, that you want to share from that community, so a hearty Hearty congratulations from the Living Forest and Utini to Stardust. Uh, very happy to have you in my bookmarks bar and can't wait for the content in the future. A couple other things. I want to say selfishly, guys, I had a very fun activity this weekend because Utini had its first ever fantasy football draft. It is that time of year for the nerds and football fans, small Venn diagram to, to <laughs> celebrate our existence. We do exist. Uh, so a shout out there to all everyone involved in that. We all met in the sports channel, the Discord. Then we made our own league. There's 10 of us. And as the year goes on, I will be updating you guys on how people are doing uh, for uh, the fans in that community and stuff. It was, it was just a ton of fun. We, we jumped in a Discord channel, and we're talking uh, throughout the draft, giving each other crap. It was a great time. I see we got some people in the chat right now. Emma's there. Timothy's there who are in the league. And um, I really hope I do well, or else I'll be really embarrassed. And finally, uh, everyone, a little announcement that we didn't know about. Uh, This weekend, Target, yes, the store, launched a bunch of Galaxy's Edge merchandise because no one can really go to Disney right now like we used to because, you know, the everything. Um, But they got a lot of merch, figures, Funkos, and two Target editions, of George Mann novels. That's right, folks. Myths and Fables and Dark Legends have Target-exclusive editions, which, to be clear, are different from the Galaxy's Edge exclusives of editions that are also maybe in the park soon? I don't know. It's, very, but, it's all very confusing.
2: <laughs> quite it's a
0: lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
2: it sounds like, like... We were trying to deduce this earlier in the week, and it sounds like Target is, like you said, hosting Galaxy's Edge stuff, which is interesting. Yeah. And... Like they also this is why why it's confusing is that there's also a Galaxy's Edge version of the Myths and Fables and Dark Legends books, but the target edition that's hosting the the Galaxy's Edge stuff is not the same as the Galaxy's Edge, Myths and Fables and Dark Legends. So yeah there's three versions, we think,
1: of this book, which we is very that
2: confusing. we know of. Yeah.
1: Yes. But
2: Target and, and, and some of them contain extra stuff, right?
1: Yeah. The Target yep. editions all have extra stories, and I think that the Galaxy's, Ed, the Galaxy's Edge version, I believe, will have the <clears> most <throat> amount of extra stories. Target definitely has, I believe, three extra in Missing and Fables, and I'm not sure how many more in Dark Legends, but it is noticeably bigger. So if you want to get those, go to Target. That's it. We're not sponsored by them. I'm if not giving them any more of our like air time. time.
2: If only there were like some kind of organization that could maybe clarify this stuff. Maybe somebody that was involved in like the printing or something like that of the book itself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure yeah. who, who might it. I don't think it's possible. Not. It's probably not. probably <laughs> not.
1: Oh, <clears throat> but aside from uh, the glories of capitalism, I want to talk about some other things that happened this week. We had another very successful Utini Star Wars game night this week. Our very own Emma took some time away. From the horrors that is uh, being in college on Zoom uh, to play some Battlefront 2. Emma absolutely killed it and killed many things, actually. Being in Battlefront 2 was a lot of fun. Uh, Emma, we love watching you play Battlefront. We met Emma, actually, on Battlefront. Honestly, came in the community and then we played a bunch. So it was cool to see Emma go back to the roots that I know you from, at least. So it was very fun. Um, oh, hold on here. Check in the chat. We have an official update from Boski, who says the Target versions have three more stories in each. The Galaxy's Edge version has six more in each. Targets have all been cleared out, though, sadly. So if you find a Target with these extra George Mann books, pick them up. They'll probably be on eBay at some point. I wonder if the Galaxy's oh, Edge no. has, the target,
2: has the Target ones.
1: I don't know. Maybe. question. I'm not sure but yet. But we'll find out. Yeah, um,
2: Emma totally rocked it on, Ga- yeah. on uh, Star Wars night this week. Like it was uh, super fun to watch. Emma is like a beast at Battlefront, so
1: it's so great, it's so yeah. great watching Emma and her element. And this coming week, I believe on September fourth, which I want to say is Friday, we're changing up the night. Our very own Andrew, who uh, really helps out with a lot of the book review database things in the site, uh, great dude, is going to be playing an old school classic, Empire at War. Did you guys mm. play that game? I played the crap out of that game actually growing up like Ooh. it was the
2: Star Wars Empire at War is how I figured out how to mod games like like <gasps> so it's like very much involved oh, in wow. like my my deep, <laughs> my Ooh. deep dive into being a, becoming a computer. Whoa. <laughs> Get the hell out!
1: You're such a nerd. How did you? Oh, what kind of what
4: kind of mod did you make? Was it just like armies of corn horn? Just so I, <laughs> yes, armies of corn horn. I, I figured out that you could like
2: go into the game settings and stuff and like like, change, like, certain lines of code to give you, like, increased unit caps and stuff. Like, that game, one of the big criticisms of the game is, like, on the ground wars, like, there's, like, a unit cap of, like, 20 people, which is kind of dumb because, like, a little squad takes Mm-mm. up, like, five people, right? So I-, I used to increase it to, like, 300 so you could have huge battles and stuff that was a little more realistic, so it was Nice. Fun. Yeah, look at the chat team.
1: here. We, we, got, uh, we got Patrick Ortiz, our buddy PJ <clears throat> Turtle, says he likes the Republic at War mod as well. So you got yes. a fellow modder here. Um, that, that
2: community, I was actually looking at this week. That the modding community for that game is still super, super active. Which yeah, is Andrew's going to be playing with some, yeah, I believe, as well. He has, He's right. telling us in them. Discord. Yeah, so. they got they got a really big uh, remastered mod. I think last year they announced it, and it's like they like they the, the game's old. It's like from 2006 or something like that, and mm-hmm. uh, somebody gave it like a 4K mod, so it looks really nice and updated, and it's. I guess I played it for like twenty minutes earlier in this week when I was helping Andrew with some stuff and it, it's got
1: some it's got replay value. It, it brings back some memories, so I'm excited to see Andrew dive into that. Absolutely. So that will again be on this very channel, twitch.tv slash underscore US on Friday evening, uh September fourth at I believe seven PM Eastern. We will be posting on the Twitchers a bunch. And speaking of things that are coming up this week, on Saturday Kanja Book Club, which if you haven't been following along, is our, I think, our technically our newest show, uh, featuring Adam and Timothy and Patrick, uh, are going to be starting a new book, everyone. Uh, they just finished up Revenge of the Sith, the novelization, which we all love so much by Matthew Stover. Uh, if you haven't been able to follow along in the Discord live show, we do release those on Patreon, so I highly recommend following follow along with those. But this Saturday... They will be starting the new book. Again, this is where they split a book up into four weeks. It's a very traditional book format. You read a couple chapters, you listen to the show, you read some chapters, you listen to the show. This Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, they are starting Bloodline by Claudia Gray. A classic, a new classic, I'd say, right, guys? I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think so. I really enjoyed I the,
2: the political discussion uh, a week or two ago with um, the guests we had on. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so definitely go check them out on the Kanja Book Club, even if you haven't made a deal with Kanja Book Club, it doesn't matter. Uh, Corey, can I throw it to you now, please, because now that we are starting September, we have a ton of updates to our Patreon. What is changing? What new stuff is coming? What do we got? Yes, so we've
2: hinted at this a little bit over the last couple of weeks that we are major majorly updating our Patreon tiers. Um and uh we we actually brought tim uh timothy on board which you guys saw a couple weeks ago as the patron of the week we brought him on board to the u t e team um he was uh he's, he's particularly well equipped because he's been a patron for a long time and like i really wanted sort of an inside look and i and i sort of pitched it to him like hey do you want to come on the team and maybe help us improve our patreon a little bit and man he's been crazy busy hard at work like updating the tiers <laughs> like coming up with new show ideas like kanji book club was one of his ideas like um, really fantastic stuff, and Tim's done incredible, incredible work behind the scenes. And we're finally ready to launch like two months worth of work on our uh, Patreon tiers. So uh, we have a uh, a couple new tiers that I'm just going to walk you through really quick. Um, Wes, if you want to throw up that uh, screen share scene, we can kind of walk through these really quick. Um, basically, we took our existing our existing tiers, and adapt them just just a little bit. So we previously had a $1 tier. It was not very popular, really didn't have much in it um, that was being being well utilized, uh, so we actually got rid of that one. Now we just have the Guardian of the Wheels, the $5 tier. This is by far the most popular tier we have on Patreon, and this gives you... Like I think the the biggest bang for your buck. So if you've ever considered being a Patreon, a patron of our Patreon, it's so hard to say, I can never get used to that. If you ever consider joining our Patreon, like the five dollar tier is probably the best bang for your buck, just because you get yeah, a that's bunch great of business shows. strategy.
1: Great great business strategy right there, guys. If you want the best value, give us the least amount of money. That's really <laughs> where you want to aim. Everything else is a rip-off.
2: Oh, don't worry. We're going to upsell the crap out of the next couple (laughs) couple (laughs) tiers, right? So if you join the Guardians of the Wheel, just like always, you get all the bonus shows. Well, most of the bonus shows that we have. Like, Eric and Charlie do a Ghost Crew show where they go through Rebels every week. We have Book Club, which you can actually catch live on Discord, but we do a recording of it and turn it into a podcast and stuff. That's on Patreon. Um, Legends Look Back is still featured as a Patreon show, even though it is uh, live on our Twitch now. Um, Bounty Hunt is a show that the the, the three of us, uh, Eric, Charles, and I have all done a couple times. Um well a bunch of times, whatever new content is coming out. That is currently on hold, probably until The Mandalorian comes out. And then Lightspeed Skipping is a super fun show we put together. Um so you get multiple shows a week if you join this tier and a couple other small perks as well. Um going up through the other tiers, really, where the biggest change occurred. Uh some new things for the $10 tier. We're uh, being better about using the night at the opera, which is when we get together and do some kind of watch party. Uh, I've been doing uh, a new show called The Wayfinder, which is just kinda, I give a sort of behind the scenes look at at UTN um and and uh kind of what's going on in the business side of things um we're also getting some behind the scenes looks from our our team and then the next two tiers the alliance high command and then the Jedi high council these are the, both the 2.0 and these saw the biggest change i think um of any tier right so if you join the $30 tier or the $50 tier you get a lot of new uh merch stuff so um the $30 tier would get you um, like exclusive access to merch before it goes live to the public. That's going to be in, um, in the Alliance high command. And as well as the Jedi had council, the biggest change we've added to this is not only are you going to get like exclusive access to merch ahead of time, you're going to get like a free t-shirt every single month. So we're going to give you a big welcome bundle, a shirt, a mug, and a hoodie. Um, when you, when you first join, and then you will get a new t-shirt like that's going to be a new exclusive shirt every single month. Um, as well as a twenty five percent discount uh, off of everything in our merch store, and that's like that's the staff discount. That's what we give to all the Utini staff members is the twenty five percent off, which is basically completely eliminates our profit from that. So we're basically giving it to you at at, at cost, right? So um, we get a lot of really big stuff. Uh, if you join this highest tier, I mean fifty dollars a month is a huge chunk of change. We we fully realize that, um, but like we consider you like a like basically on the board of directors at Utini, if you join the High Council, I mean, we, we really try to communicate with those folks pretty often about what they want to see. We talk to them a lot in aftermath about what they want to see, um, and we we try to make make sure that this this tier has really got a lot of value in it. So those are the new big changes. I know it's a lot of technical information. You can check those out at patreoncom Utini and see all the new tiers. Um, but Tim has been hard at work at that, and I uh I really appreciate his his help there as well.
1: Absolutely, Tim has been just. So incredible putting a lot together, and I'm so glad to finally push it out. And stay tuned. Next week, we'll, we will be announcing new Patreon goals, including roundtables, film commentaries, and more. So stay tuned. Uh, we like to create stuff. All, all, are all of our lives getting way busier? Absolutely. Does that mean we will stop finding time in the middle of the night to make Star Wars content for you? It does not. Uh, so we'll see what happens going forward. And like we said, just as a reminder, in the Patreon feed right now, you're going to find Kanja Book Club, you can find Lightspeed Skipping, Bounty Hunt, uh, where Heather, our very own Heather Goldman, just put up the first Bounty Hunt episode in a few months, where she interviewed Dominic Pace, who played a bounty hunter in The Mandalorian. Uh, So Heather went out and got that interview. It's a really great listen uh, to a person that has been in the same space as Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. It's great. Uh, So definitely stay tuned for that. Charles... We want to highlight someone, do we not?
4: We do. It, it, am I on? Is this is this the you're moment? On, is this thing it, on? Is it, is it, um, ladies it take... and gentlemen, the patron of the week? I give you yeah! oh Ross man, I was Orlando, for the patron of the week.
3: Hey everyone, my name is Ross Orlando, uh, and I've been asked to uh, be patron of the week and answer a few questions that uh, Timothy sent over. So, um, like I said, my name is Ross Orlando originally from Kansas. Uh, now I live in the greater Boston area. Um, I got into Star Wars through my mom. My mom doesn't like sci-fi or fantasy or anything really. She's kind of a true crime person. But S- Star Wars was the one thing, that the one piece of sci-fi slash fantasy that she ever really got into. And she instilled that into me at a pretty early age. I grew up watching the original trilogy on repeat until the prequel trilogy came out when I was, when I was pretty young um liked those a lot didn't like attack of the clones all that much even when i was little um but i've come to appreciate the good things about the prequel trilogy uh and which is why revenge of the sith is actually my favorite movie out of uh, the entire saga um in terms of my favorite uh, star wars kind of uh expanded universe piece of media it's a broken record for a lot of people but it's lost stars um i was Pretty blown away by it. Um, picking it up, I heard it was a YA book, so I thought it would skew a little younger uh, in terms of writing style and story than what I would be typically expecting. But fell in love with it. I thought it was masterfully. I, th- I think Grey did a masterful job of kind of weaving uh, these new characters and this new story into existing events that we've already been familiar with in a really cool way. Um, in terms of why I joined Utini, originally I was looking for some sort of reading list, um, some sort of canon reading list or timeline. I've wanted to start reading the the books in chronological order, and that's how I found Utini and kind of uh, got involved with the Discord pretty quickly, and listened to the podcast and just kind of dove in, and it's been it's been great. I feel like recently. Uh, whenever I've been tweeting or posting I've been having the the preamble of not as involved as I'd like to be in the community but, um, and that's definitely true, uh, it's funny, with everything going on work has become more busy than uh, it was before everything started happening Um, but I've been happy to be a patron ever since um, and happy to continue to be Um, in terms of what I'm looking forward to most coming up in Star Wars um, it has to be the Kenobi series, um, especially if they base it off of John Jackson Miller's book. I'd be super pumped. Um, but um, you can a lot of people can say a lot of things about the prequel trilogy. We're all familiar with most of them at this point. But um, Ewan McGregor was always the shining beacon in the prequel trilogy. He's just quality from start to back, so I'm really happy they got him back for the series, and I can't wait to see it. Um, In terms of questions for the hosts, uh, Eric, how do you think the Cowboys are going to do this year? And um, why do you think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl again? Um, Other than that, my social media handle uh, for Twitter is uh, rporlando91. Uh, On PlayStation and Xbox, it's the same thing. Uh, So thanks for letting me be patron of the week, and uh, keep up the great work, guys.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Uh, the best question has been asked. You all can can stay home. That's fine. Uh, so, Ross, to answer your lovely patron of the week questions, I think the Cowboys are going to win the division. I think they're going to have the third best offense in football behind the Chiefs and the Ravens. And I think that there is a definitely decent chance that they play your Chiefs in the Super Bowl and probably lose. And you know why? It's because Patrick Mahomes is the most exciting quarterback in the history of the NFL. I love him dearly, despite not being from Kansas City. And I will admit that. I will admit that. Uh, I loved the Super Bowl last year. I do have a Mahomes jersey. Bless them all. So, that being said, Cowboys fan for life. And Dak is my boy. Zeke's my boy. I have a Mike Cooper on both my fantasy teams. And now I'll stop talking about football. Thank you for giving me an excuse to talk about my two favorite things, Star Wars and football in the same podcast. Guys, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas, Eric. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, Corey, I will stop my Christmas. Uh, can you tell me one thing that we have forgotten to plug quite a bit on our YouTube show that is featuring one of the dearest team members to our hearts, Matt Davenport?
2: Yes, this has been a bit embarrassing on our part. <laughs> we actually talked about this in Slack this week. Is uh, We have a sweet new YouTube show. Um, produced, edited, created, and everything by the lovely, the talented Matt Davenport, who's been doing all the editing for the podcast. So if you guys have been listening to this, you've heard us talk about Matt endlessly uh, over the last couple months, and uh, you finally get to see his face. I mean, his wife are doing this really cool new show on uh, our YouTube channel. It's called Cantina of Comics. Matt is really into comics. Um, and uh, his wife is apparently really talented behind the bar. So they have a really cool uh, really cool new show on our YouTube channel where every single week they make a new fancy mixed drink that's sometimes Star Wars-themed, uh, or maybe every time Star Wars-themed, and uh, then talk about the latest comics. So it's a lot of fun. You have to check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, which I assume is something like YouTube.com slash But just go to YouTube and search for utini. I'm not even sure if we have a fancy URL. I need to look into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so check that out. Um, the next big update that I'll give is uh, we have some cool new uh, merch out that we featured a couple weeks ago. Uh, we have a new Thrawn shirt, which, Eric, I think you're wearing, aren't I you? I am
1: wearing it. If Yeah, this new Thrawn shirt, just in time for the release of the new book, which I have right here. Uh, yes. I freaking love this shirt. Jose, it looks really good. Oh, my God. I love the color pop.
2: I think it's. I think it, it might be my favorite. Um, it might be my favorite, like themed book shirt that we've we've ever done. Yeah. Like it, it looks super, super good. Big and fun
4: of. fact, that's Corey's eye. That is actually <laughs> Corey's eye.
2: That is not true.
4: That we know it, it. might bushy, be true.
2: Look at that bushy eyebrow. <laughs> I
1: don't think that's me. <laughs> Quick shout out to the video team. Uh, we don't go over every single video now uh, because there are frankly too many. Uh, for us to to recap every week because the video team has been so hard at work pumping out content guys, reviews, all that stuff that has not stopped, that is continuing. Uh, I am in awe of the work that you all are doing every single week Uh, from, I mean, Jake, Emma, Nathan, uh, everyone behind the scenes, everyone that is giving written content for those video people to do. I love it. I love you all. It's great. The end. Corey, continue with what you were saying. (laughs)
2: Yes, uh, you guys probably had kind of figured this out already, but the other update I was giving is we have a couple new um, pieces of merch out that we actually highlighted a couple weeks ago. The new Thrawn, the new Mustafar, and the new retro shirt for Legends Look Back that we all have out. Um, Eric, you are wearing the Thrawn shirt, which we released in honor of the new Thrawn book, which looks fantastic. That is not my eye, as the joke was made a moment (laughs) ago. (laughs) My eyebrows are not that bushy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, just the uh, that's that. just the But eye. we are running a promo right now. If you want 15% off, you can use the code THRON15, T-H-R-A-W-N, 15. And I give you 15% off in the entire merch store if you want to pick up that sweet, sweet Thrawn book. It looks fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Because what better what better way, honestly, to spend the week of a new Thrawn book than by getting some sweet Thrawn merch? Um, again, Thrawn15 is that code. Very excited for that. Uh, and if you were, like we said earlier, in one of those bigger Patreon levels, you would have gotten access to this a little early. So just a little incentive uh, to go along with that. All right. A little bit of book release news. As we said, tomorrow is the big day that we've all been waiting for for so long. Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising is officially released. This is going to be one people are talking about for a while. I can guarantee it. If you're watching us live tonight, be ready, everyone. Uh, my written review goes live Tomorrow. Um, And a video review will be coming this week as well. I can't wait to hear what you all think about the book. As soon as you're done with it, make sure you head over to that book profile on Utini and add your star rating. Ooh, New Thrawn. Very excited. And then we get a little break. We get a little bit of a break until November 10th, where we get, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. But guys, I'm okay with having a little bit of a break with Star Wars releases. What do you think? Yes. (laughs) Yes. We
2: we had to smash two kind of small round tables into one episode here. So, yeah,
1: you know. I'm
4: exhausted. Think, you know, I'm going to be honest.
1: Well, <laughs> wow. all right. This is part of the show. We are all tired. It's been a week for everyone. But that won't stop us because we want to talk about some books that you all have been reading Charles, can you talk about some book reviews we got lately at Uteni.com? Yeah.
4: I mean, we, we have these things roll in all the time, and it's always fun to take a minute to pause, look back at a few of them, and see what people have been reading recently, whether it's the new stuff or whether it's some old stuff. So we got a few we want to highlight this week. The first one comes to us from Adam T., and he is reviewing Dr. Afra, an audiobook original by Sarah Q, and He gave it five stars. And he said, after the success of the Dooku Jedi Lost... The Dooku Jedi Lost. That's right. That's how I refer to it, too. I wasn't certain... It's like Ohio State. (laughs) The the Dooku Jedi Lost. Absolutely. (laughs) I wasn't certain that the follow-up audio drama would be able to match the quality and excitement, but I was 100% wrong. In fact, I would say Dr. Aphra surpasses Dooku Jedi Lost. Having only read the first two Aphra comics, I came into this with a relatively clean slate in terms of knowing the general storyline and the characters involved, which I believe only enhanced the experience. The storyline was enthralling and had me wanting more. As always, the droids are a high point, and I love the feeling that you could never quite trust Afra's version of events. Overall, another fantastic audio drama that has me begging for another. So thank you, Adam T. We agree. Go listen to our roundtable where we chat all about that if you haven't heard it yet. Um, Eric, do you want to take the next one?
1: I would love to uh, go right into another book that we are actually going to talk about tonight. We have Lando reviewing Dark Legends by George Mann. Given this book five stars here, let me grab it behind me here, holding this pretty little guy. And he says the following. I have yet to read Mann's Myths and Fables as I am waiting for the Galaxy's Edge exclusive version. Fair enough. However, I could not wait for any potential exclusives of this book, as the excitement for scary Star Wars stories was too much to fight back. I love this little book of creepy stories. I love anthologies, so an anthology of some creepy and dark stories that don't require much much previous knowledge or a lot of effort to dig into and understand was a no brainer to me. What's most fascinating to me about this book are some of the new perspectives on, on how we, the new perspectives we get of other characters and places that we haven't considered yet. One story captures the paranoia of an Imperial officer who could at any minute upset Lord Vader and be choked to death. Another story tells us more about the mysterious Exegol that we saw in The Rise of Skywalker. I appreciate that man turned to classic films and stories as inspiration for some of these. It was fun reading and trying to identify if the story lines up with any classics I knew of and was either pleasantly surprised at the twist I didn't see coming or was able to revel in the ability to exclaim, I knew it! when I was correct. I can totally see myself reading this on Halloween Nights to Future Children, hopefully creating some good memories to share. Absolutely. We are obviously huge fans of George Mann himself. let us We can at least just start there. We have interviewed him now twice on the show. If you haven't listened to either one of our chats, definitely go back and listen to those. Um, Charles, loveliest man in Star Wars? Easily?
4: I think so. Loveliest man in yeah. Star Wars like with two N's. That's hey. not even up for debate. But with one end, it's also debatable. He's a great guy. Uh, so, yeah. great review. Um, we do have a third one from Mr. Rob Neese, Corey, or Wes. How about Wes? <laughs> Wes never reads our reviews. I'll Wes, you want to read this review from Rob Neese?
0: I'll do it. Rob Neese, I hope you don't spoil the book for me because I'm almost done. So, Rob <laughs> read Ho Dameron, Free Fall by Alex Segura. He gave three stars. So, title is "Free Flying and Falling for the Wrong Gal." Some Star Wars books hit you in the feels, like "Lost Stars." Some deepen our understanding of the saga, "Revenge of the Sith," and some come out of nowhere to take you on an unexpected adventure, "Most Wanted." This one touches on elements of all three of the above without really committing to any of them. I enjoyed reading it, to be sure, but on the whole, I don't—I don't feel it will merit a reread anytime soon, or ever. Poe is much younger in this book. In fact, I don't think he's even turned 17 yet by the end, so it's hard to judge his actions like he would a grown adult. He does have some silly things, like the Yavin 4 equivalent of running away to join the circus by just kind of haphazardly joining a criminal syndicate, as one does. One of the more interesting things that this development enables is making his primary adversary for a healthy chunk of the book an officer of the New Republic Security Bureau, who we're programmed to think of as the good guys, who just... Happens to have an agenda of her own involving elaborate plans of vengeance against the feared spice runners of Kijimi. Speaking of those criminals, it turns out their operation and Zori's role in it is considerably larger than the pre than the perfunctory mentions in the Rise of Skywalker film might have one believe. But at least we learn what the deal was with that helmet, I guess. All told, <coughs> it was fun, short read, and I wouldn't mind reading more of Dameron's high flying adventures in the future. Just not the book. All right. Well, um, thank you, Rob, for that. Um, I'm almost done with it. I I would say right now I give it four stars compared to your three, but I'm kind of on, I'm, I'm on your wavelength, man. I'm on your wavelength.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, Poe Dameron Freefall, actually, just to, to round this all out, I believe we are doing our Poe Dameron Freefall roundtable next week. If I am correct. Am I correct? I'm looking at the schedule. I should have checked it earlier, but I didn't. Um. Yes, my friends, it looks like no one's going to sing with me. That's fine. Yeah, next week we're going to do our first episode of our Poe Dameron Freefall Roundtable. So a little tease for that. You'll see if we agree with Wes's review. If we agree with Rob's review. But thank you, Rob. Regardless, but we are here to party like all the cool kids do with books. That's right. Uh, We are here talking tonight (laughs) about anthology books, because in the past couple months, we have gotten two very notable anthologies, uh, including the aforementioned Dark Legends by George Mann and Star Wars The Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark by some various authors. So what we want to do tonight in this little main segment. Also, hello, Cheryl. Cheryl just jumped in. Hi. Always love seeing you. Um, we're gonna go through each book. Uh, not do a huge roundtable on them, but we're gonna discuss maybe some of the stories that we liked. Maybe discuss why we liked them, why we didn't like them, and kind of what place anthologies have in Star Wars. Does this sound okay, guys? Does this sound like a fun way to spend your Monday evening? Heck yeah. I think we said no, Eric. Um. Well, then Wes would put <laughs> the three of us in a separate screen, and he would go away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. To start out, guys. uh, Uh, See you, Corey. (laughs) 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 Oh, visual humor for our audio friends. (laughs) That happened. Um, So I want to go around the horn first and just ask you guys uh, straight out, which one did you prefer out of Dark Legends and Clone Wars? uh, For our friends that didn't read them, As we said in the review section, Dark Legends is George Mann writing a bunch of horror stories in Star Wars that may or may not be canon, depending on uh, your thoughts about that. And Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark were a bunch of authors writing uh, singular stories from the Clone Wars in their own voice. So, Corey, I'm going to start with you. Which of these two did you find yourself enjoying more as you read? Well, I definitely like, so, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I have not finished
2: either one. Like I got through a little bit of both of them, but I didn't actually finish either one. And I don't think I actually finished man's first book either. I just didn't quite get through all the way through it. It's such a short read. Like it's easy to read like one chapter and then kind of put it down. Um, but I didn't finish either one of these. And But in general, I definitely preferred the Dark Legends, I think, to the Clone Wars stories of light and dark. Like one of the small pieces of criticism I think that uh, the Clone Wars book has gotten is been that it's not, there's not a lot of original content in there. There is a good deal of kind of virtually word-for-word Clone Wars episodes, which, you know, if you've seen it a couple times like most of us have, then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, all right, did this really need to be a book? kind of, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. so. Um, but Man is, is fantastic. I'm a big fan of, of, of his work in general. Um, I like Dark
1: Legends a lot. All right. Uh, Charles, what do you think? Are you going to jump on the Man Train again, or do you have a, a little more love for Clone Wars? <laughs>
4: jump on the Man jump Train the man. again. Jump on the Man <laughs> Train. Uh, so That's this, right. this is tearing me apart, because only one of these books has Kenobi in it, and it's not Dark oh. Legends. But... I'm still going to pick Dark Legends because it's brand new content, and it's just fun. Like It's it's not the typical type of stories that we're going to get, so I enjoyed some of those, and I know we're going to get into them, but I still really loved uh, Tales of Light and Dark as well. I had a great time with that book. I think a better time than I was expecting to, but I'm going to give it to Dark Legends.
1: I always love that when you can kind of subvert expectations in a cool way like that. So I hear what you're saying. Uh, Wes, how about you, man? Round us out.
0: I'm going to have to pick dark legends. Um, I guess that's three out of maybe all four of us <laughs> pick dark legends. Um, I like how they, they go into detail about the characters, but they don't actually name the character on some of these stories, which is great. Cause it's kind of like a, like a hidden secret. If you know who they're talking about, um, but uh, I like uh, – I can't wait to, to open Star Wars, Clone Wars, Tales from Light and Dark. <laughs> it, it, it looks like a great cover. Um, it's a hefty. it got big font. I like that. So, uh, but I have, to give the, I have to give the nod to Dark Legends.
1: <laughs> it is beautifully designed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll end here. I will also say I did like Dark Legends on the whole more. But I think for me, the Clone Wars stories of Light and Dark maybe had a few higher highs um from a couple specific authors that i will touch on later on and i and i like that idea because in a lot of anthologies when you have multiple authors the quality can vary depending and if you like george mann you're pretty much in a nice you know warm solid uh i don't know a warm solid line throughout the whole bit like it's george mann writing stories and he's a great storyteller so you're pretty good at it um but yeah so we'll get into that in quick quick, Court, quick question. That? Yeah,
2: sorry. Yeah. Quick question, Eric. Like, what's, so these books are both very interesting. We actually even had to break up sort of our normal review format for both of these books. Because yeah. they're so different and kind of weird. They're not like typical normal age group books. So that's kind of my question is like, what is the age group that you would formally put these both in? I know what age Ooh. group they are in, like by definition. But do you think that they fit those age groups? Or is it like man's book seems a little more adult to me than I think it was originally intentioned
1: um i would put them both probably in middle grade novel technically okay. if we're okay. yeah because i think that um man's definitely read like he says a lot when we talk to him as like grim stories like grim fairy tales right that are dark and definitely have mature elements but can be re- read to children and i think the clone wars stories of light and dark is similar in its writing style that it can appeal to children and i think some authors are more successful in that than others um, so I think that's, also, that's a great question. But I think that's also very interesting. That's fair. Um, now, looking at Dark Legends, let's start off with that one. I'm going to grab it. Again, the the smallest, literal, shortest Star Wars book that I own as far as its actual cover says. Um, did any of you guys, I'm just going to open this up, have a particular favorite story in this collection? Because um, there were a few cool ones, like we said in the earlier review. We had one with Exegol. We had some Darth Kaldoth came back. We had a Grand Inquisitor story. Did any of these jump out to you guys specifically?
4: Um, it's funny. I think that you just mentioned probably my top three favorite ones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, There's a reason that those ones stood. I mean, Kaldoff, it's just great to get him back. The Exegol story was so unexpected for me, though, both like getting a story on Exegol, but also the story itself has a fantastic twist that I bet a lot of people don't see coming. Um, so that's up there. Um, and then the Grand Inquisitor story, man, if that was not just the perfect parallel to Nosferatu, I, I mean, it couldn't have been any more perfect than that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll jump right in. I'm going to agree with you. There's, like, there's a reason why I mentioned those ones first. Um, the, the stories mentioned specifically were uh, a, the Gilded Cage and A Life Immortal were my two favorites, which fittingly are the last two in the book, which I think is really fun. I think that's a great way to kind of compose a book with the Grand Inquisitor uh, story being the orphanage as the first one. And I really liked those because, I mean, one, we, we talk about this when we were saying which one we liked better. They're so original for man. Like, these are actually the ones that don't involve characters from the saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the Grand Inquisitor one, the last two are Darth Kaldoth, of a character that man created in *Misin and Fables, and the other one is completely original characters only using a setting that we know from Exegol. So, guys, I want to ask you, do you guys prefer with an anthology stories, like Dark Legends, Clone Wars, uh, from a certain point of view, another great one, for example, the Tales of the Bounty Hunters, all these things. Do you guys like it when familiar characters show up? Or do you like it when it's kind of just all original people witnessing places that we know, like Exegol, like Tatooine?
2: the latter for sure for me i mean you guys have heard me talk about this on the show before that like you know the reason i like the expanded universe is i like to, to expand on the films to expand on the universe right so like i much prefer stories that don't feature main characters i think to be honest like i would much rather have a story about you know somebody who is in the booth next to han solo at in the cantina rather than about han solo and getting his own head because we have tons and tons and tons of content that sort of features our main characters right so i kind of want to see behind the scenes
1: all right i like that wes charles you guys agree that you want so, some new people looking at this thing with fresh eyes
4: yeah I, yeah I, go, go ahead, ahead. Wes. <laughs> West, you um, control the camera. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not, that's right. I forgot about that. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I would um, just like Corey said. It's like I like the the backstory of the characters that make you want to read more into them. Because we have movies and um, main novels and book titles of all these main characters. But yeah, what's going on behind the scenes? What's going on in that other booth? What's going on in that other starship? How did this person get there? And it kind of. You we already have the foundation, so it seems, but we want you to we need to build up that trunk to make it blossom into a tree, you know?
1: Yeah. I love that idea. And and I think one of the cool things too, speaking of like, you know, blossoming into something new, is that George Mann with Dark Legends, specifically with the Kaldoth story, got to build upon a mythology he had already started to build with myths and Fables, right? And it's so rare that we get to see people do that outside an official trilogy, like Timothy Zahn or Chuck Wendig, or people that are actually given sequential novels anthologies are kind of unique like that and I think the coolest stories that we see are ones that pick up obscure characters from other fiction and give them their next chapter when we never thought we would get one you know like I think getting a cool Obi-Wan homage is really great but it's like oh my gosh that background character from Tales of the Cantina is also in Tales of the Bounty Hunter or something like that's like quintessential expanded universe to me like you were saying Corey I think that's a great way of putting it yeah totally Yeah, huge fan of that. Um, Now, I want to ask you guys one more thing about Dark Legends specifically, before we get to Clone Wars and then comparing the two a bit more. Comparing this to myths and fables. um, Charles, I want to throw this to you as someone who loves man's work, especially as much as I do. Do you think Dark Legends works better than myths and fables? Do you like myths and fables a little better? Or do you think it's hard to
4: compare the two? So, I think that they're definitely comparable. I think that this might be a weird thought, but what strikes me is that as Americans, weird. as Go Americans, weird. I think dark legends works better. And the reason is we don't have like the rich history necessarily of like Greek mythology, right? Where we tell like a whole bunch of folklore, like I feel like our heritage is kind of like sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories. And that's what these are <laughs> is, you know, they're, they're taking the spooky things, the scary things. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing that makes it work is a lot of times it's, the stuff that freaks us out that we don't understand that we build kind of this lore around and, and that's what these stories are. I mean like uh, the, the grand inquisitor, you know, creeping in the window of an orphanage and stealing kids out of there. Did he do that? I don't know, but he definitely could have, and I'm scared of him and I, and I haven't slept for a week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, which, hey, is there anything more American than being terrified of the entire world and not knowing what's going to happen day to day? I don't think so. <laughs> um, so I, I will, I, I agree that I think Dark Legends is is more successful thematically in that way because it sticks to like all the scary things. But I am going to say for me, I think I like The Fables just a bit more um, because of the variants, which I think is interesting. Like, I think that I like... Certain books, if the tone is consistent throughout the whole, but it in Fables* for me, how it went, kind of more. This is filled with hope. This is filled with dread. This is filled with hope. This is filled with dread. I like that roller coaster, and I think *Dark Legends* definitely hits that as well. But knowing that they're all supposed to be horror kind of makes you drive in a little more of a straight path. Hmm. But, but, uh, but regardless, let us all say, um, I mean, give us more. Let's be clear. Uh, yeah, yeah our- totally. So the,
2: the one, <laughs> the one point I was going to make in regards to that is like. It, I think it was, a, it was a clever decision to put the word Legends in the title, mm-hmm. right? Because so, you know... Right, Jared? I've, yes, that's right. <laughs> did someone say Legends? legends? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's been kind of one of the weird things is, like, people have... You know, when they did the Disney purchase and they did the clarification that everything that's come before is going to be titled Legends, and there's, like, there's always a little truth in, in Legends that gets thrown around a lot, and and, like, I don't really look at Legends stuff like Legends? Like, I certainly don't look at Legends like this. Like, Dark Legends looks at Legends. Like, do you guys? Like, it seems to be a little more true in a lot of ways. And so, I don't it, know. It's
1: Yeah, it depends like, on the book. Like It's a thematic we're, we're, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've just started reading the New Jedi Order recently for the first time. I'm on Vector Prime. I'm digging it. But I know for a fact that Jaina and Jason Solo don't exist in the canon. Totally right. fair. Whereas, right. like, this if is I'm like mythical, at- though, right? Like yeah. this is like
2: totally different. Like,
1: yeah, it, exactly.
2: I, the point I was going to make is like, I really like this 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 theme in this these books in general, myths and fables and dark legends. Is like it allows a little bit more of sort of meta storytelling that mm-hmm. is a little more like legitimately legends and Star Wars, which I think is a lot of fun. Like it's like a level yeah. of it's like taking like you like you said, Charles. It's like taking Greek mythology and and putting it you know in the format of Star Wars which is a lot of fun like to think about things mythically in a lot of way because George Lucas was inspired by those things like that's what that's what Star Wars sort of originated from is that sort of classic storytelling fable opera Mythic structure. Sort of style yes exactly exactly so i i i
1: like this idea a lot and i, I
2: do you guys think it's going to continue? I, I want to see it
1: continue, but... I-, I think it will unless they put out any more freaking Target or Galaxy's Edge editions because they're going to add 12 <laughs> stories to this thing by exactly. the end of the year. Exactly. Yeah, I I definitely think we will. I think that having these as, like, guideposts, like, one a year maybe, like, here's another little bit of short story thing for the kids and the adults. Like, just feed them to us little by little. And I think that anthology books are really good for that, frankly. Totally. Uh, these These um,
2: stories, like... They stick out to me a lot. Like they they're like uh-huh. ingrained in my memory. Like the dragon story in Myths and Fables is like that, so is, good. In, that is in my head, man. Like yeah. I frequently think about it. Like it comes up and like I'm just like I can't forget it. It's weird that that stuck to me, but I cannot remember details from things like Bloodline or Lost uh-huh. Stars, unless I go back and read it again. But something about this storytelling format just has like lasting value, which I find a lot of fun, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Boski just put in the chat. I can't wait to get the Bass Pro Shop version of Myths and Fables in twenty twenty three. For real. Like but I think i w I'm gonna say let's see what happens in the next couple of years. Are we gonna get like myths of the high republic? That'd be something really cool. I think like oh, that l- would be let fun. them play in that sandbox, huh? Mm, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
0: so and after we have read those books, it's fun to flip back to the books that you've already read. You're like, that seems familiar. I'm gonna go back to my mm-hmm. library and start flipping through I was like, that's where it is. That's where I read about Darth Kaldoth. So when I first read that story in Dark Legends, totally. I was like because I hadn't I hadn't read it for what would come the other book come out, like eight months prior to that? And Something so like that, yeah. I pulled it out and I was like, ah makes sense now. This all makes sense. So I reread yeah. it.
1: <laughs> Which is great. And that's honestly that's how the Jedi were talked about. Like in 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 universe we hear about it's it's legends and stories and it's it's this kind of Dialogue, so I think that it kind of makes us part of the Star Wars universe in a fun way. Mm. Now, going to a more literal version of storytelling with Clone Wars: Stories of Light and Dark, which I'll grab from behind me right here, uh, which just came out last week. Uh, this is obviously an anthology book, but it's very different because this is retellings of stories from the Clone Wars. And y'all, we all said we like Dark Legends a little bit more than this, and I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's because. You know, this isn't necessarily quote-unquote original content. Yes, it's it's storytelling in a new point of way, but it's kind of like a novelization in a way. It's like a novelization of the Clone Wars. And I want to ask you guys on that note, because it's a novelization approach with a bunch of different authors, how did that affect your reading? Like, Did you find that certain stories kind of grabbed you? Did you find that with certain ones you got two or three pages in and you're like, alright, I get it, they're not adding a ton, and you moved on? Like, what was it like reading this book? Because it's kind of unique in that way. We haven't really seen anything like this before.
2: Well, I mean, I can can certainly tell you I prefer to read the book before I see the movie, if that sort of tells you anything, (laughs) right? Like, in fact, I even remember as a kid, like, a lot of times they would release, like, kids' version books of, like, movies, like Spider-Man or something, and... Like especially if it had screenshots from the film itself, like in the book with a with like dialogue from the script, mm-hmm. I always like found that really tedious. Quite frankly, personally, sure. Like like I'm like I've already seen this. I don't need to see it in a book. If you're gonna do it in a book, like you have to expand on it. Like we've talked about that in general with. The sort of expanded editions, what they're calling the new novelizations of the films, right, is, like, the expanded editions. And the books that we certainly prefer that are labeled expanded editions are books that do exactly that. They expand on the film. Like, dialogue is slightly different. Like, there's extra scenes. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff is really, really, good. So some of the criticism that this book has received has been that, well, there are like there are, like, straight-up episodes that are stories in this book that are virtually not different at all from the Clone Wars. So... You know, take that as you will, like like you have to take into account that this is targeted towards a certain audience, and maybe that's where the value comes from, but there was a lot of original stuff in the book too, and I certainly found those those particular stories to be more interesting than the others.
1: Yeah, and I wanna I wanna highlight a couple of those um, because there are some writers in here that do a great job with their stories, like uh, like some of our, our our recent favorites, like Zoraida Cordova, author of Crash of Fate, is in here. She does a adventurous story that is called The Lost Night Sister, and then we have Rebecca Rowan who wrote Resistance Reborn, which we all freaking loved from last year. Uh, she did a mall story called Dark Vengeance, all in the first person, which was what I to me probably the most gripping story in the whole collection. But then there's also a couple newcomers, like uh, Preeti Chibber, who is uh, – she's been a, a writer in the nerd world for quite a while. But their first Star Wars work, she did Hostage Crisis, which is that episode of The Clone Wars where uh, Padme and Anakin get locked in the Senate building by Cad Bane. And we saw um, a lot of Padme's point of view of that episode, but she writes Anakin's point of view of the same episode. And I love that because that, that's what I really like when this book does – It's like, you know this plot, but the camera was focused here. So what if we tell you what was happening over here instead? And I think that's what made this really interesting. Same with Pursuit of Peace by Anne Ursu, which is another Padme um, story. Uh, Hilariously enough, like both the Padme stories I think are really, really great. And I think that's where they're able to shine. The authors that took that challenge and decided to say, okay, I've seen this episode, I know these characters, but what's interesting is not what Dave Filoni already made. What's interesting is not what I already saw on screen. What's interesting is what's going on behind all of this. And I think that, you know, branching even off of that, the choice to bring some of the Clone Wars actors back to do the audiobook was such a great, was such a great idea because there's a reason that Rebecca Ronor's story, I liked reading it, but listening to Sam Witwer do that story... Was yeah. one of my favorite fictional moments of 2020. I mean, Charles, did you listen to the audio for this one as well?
4: Yeah, and I mean, it's it is chilling. Um, I think I've gone to the dark side here in my. <laughs> you in have in the video, video. yeah, you here. have. Guys, we're <laughs> we're getting late. Um, but, but Sam Witwer, his work as Maul is just absolutely incredible, and he did a fantastic job on this as well. And it, this is what's nice yeah. about having a canon, right? Is that you know, everything is connected. We can get the same people back for multiple projects like this. And, and, uh, yeah, that one in, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out my vote for Kenobi's Shadow as well.
1: Yeah. Do you want to you know, tell everyone a bit with, uh, if you haven't read the book yet, uh, which, which episodes does Kenobi's Shadow cover? Cause it's one of the, uh, one of, I know at least so your it's, favorites.
4: It's the season five, episode 16, The Lawless, specifically. So it's basically talking about when, uh, Maul lured, Kenobi back to uh, Mandalore. And I'm not going to say what happens for those that maybe haven't watched the show or haven't read the book, but you should, you should go and do that right now. Yeah. And I
1: think that's what makes this, this book interesting because like we were saying earlier, is this one I'm going to reread a ton? Probably not. I'm not going to revisit it as much as I want to. Uh, maybe some others, but I I can see myself kind of going back to some of these stories individually, which I think is the beauty of anthologies, right? Like I might, throw on the Witwer Mall as I'm working. I might throw on some James Arnold Taylor doing Kenobi with that, with that last story if I want. Um, or, honestly, I may, and I want to mention one last story here in this section, uh, which is the last story, which is Bug, um, which is the only one that was actually not listed in the digital version of this book that went out to reviewers, hilariously enough. But it's by Ian e. Convery, and it's an original story featuring a child named Bug, and she encounters a Night Sister witch after the fall of Dathomir. And that's all I'm going to say if you haven't read it. But it's cool because it showed me, oh my gosh, this is how we can further Clone Wars past Season 7. This is what we can do. We can get these books that have this feel of the series and bring in some mythological parts of it, but I think the anthology format can work really well for maybe future Clone Wars. What do you guys think about that idea? Like, because animation is going to go to Bad Batch. It's going to go to maybe another Rebel series. We're not maybe going to touch the Clone Wars era for a while. But could we get more anthology stuff? Or would we want that? What do you think?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely I want more. I mean, look at how excited we got every time the Clone Wars came back. You know, when <coughs> Season right. 6 came out on Netflix. Then when we got Season 7, they came out on Disney+. Plus. When this book came out, honestly, I was excited. So give me more.
2: Yeah. I'm all about anthology books. Like I think they have a certain value. Like I don't think they necessarily have a lot, like the hard hitting story points like reread value that a lot of a lot of Star Wars books have like some of the novels like on and stuff like that but like I think that they have a sort of level of entertainment to them that really make it a lot of fun that you know I almost I almost wonder if some of the short story anthology books would be good first reads for people like if you've never read a star wars book sure, because there's yeah. like there's there's short stories they don't require a lot of commitment so they like like they can at least kind of answer the question do you want to explore the universe right like right like I, i'm kind of imagining handing one of the old legends books like the, the like the cantina book or something like that to somebody for the first time that might be a good first choice actually it's funny
1: Yeah. And like this Clone Wars book, obviously, as as a middle grade novel, it's it's also been talked about online as a book to kind of give to maybe either a a younger kid or someone that maybe hasn't watched the Clone Wars yet or something like that to kind of introduce them to this vibe, introduce them to this is what Star Wars can also be. So maybe like, you know, that books like that that are geared towards people like that, if they love them, that's awesome. And it leads to one of our kind of core principles here at Udini that even if a book isn't for you, it's not your favorite thing in the world, that's okay because there is an audience that will love it and that should be respected and loved as well, um, which we always try to uphold. Now, before we get on out of here, as we are about to do, this has been a lovely time. I love hanging with you guys. Uh, This week, I want to take a second to talk about the release that is next to me here. It is on my chest, on my shirt. It is something that we've been building to, honestly, for about a year now since its announcement. We're getting the first book of a new Thrawn trilogy. We, The three of us, the four of us, have not been bashful about our less-than-vivid enthusiasm for the last Thrawn books. Um, What are you guys looking forward to most about the next Thrawn book? I have read it. I will say now, by the time this publishes, it will be out. The embargo is up. It's my favorite Thrawn book I have ever read. So I am down with that. Damn, that's not well, a phrase, you guys. bro. <laughs> it is, it is, and I'm, yeah, and as someone who didn't love treason a lot, but it, yes. is, it, it, it blew my mind with this amount of stuff that Zahn was able to do, and you'll all read in my review tomorrow, when you take the leash off Zahn and just let him go, yes. it's kind I of a think- magical thing. That
2: is absolutely the key. So I'm about 30, 30, 30% probably through the audiobook myself. Like my wife and I, we listened to it. She took a, an exam in Nashville, which is about a four and a half hour ride. And we actually decided to make it a round trip just in the day. So like we listened to about six hours of of the book, which is probably about 30, 40% through it's it. A it's long a long, long. Yeah. It's a long <laughs> audio book. Um, and honestly, I like from what little that we've gotten through so far, I can honestly back you up a lot, Eric, like. You know, we said a lot that the the second two Thrawn books in the quote-unquote trilogy, the new canon trilogy that Thrawn did, like, they felt like they were sort of... They kind of had... Maybe Zahn was sort of felt cornered a little bit because he had to tie it into the Rebels TV show and, like, it kind of looped back in and forth between that. And, like, it was a stark difference from the first Thrawn book, which you guys know I love. It's my top five canon books. And this book so far is equal if not better to the first Thrawn book in my opinion like it's it's strong like it's strong original Thrawn like I mean you guys realize that he has to have been imagining what the Chiss ascendancy
1: is for like 25 years right yeah it's like Game of Thrones Thrawn like it is it is families and politics and subterfuge and mythology and like it's all the stuff that we thought about it
2: all can't be like there's no way that he just came up with all this just now, either, right? Like, no. it has to have been <laughs> in his head. Like, there's there's at a least file somewhat, cabinet. exactly. It was in his file cabinet, somehow formed in his mind for decades, which is really fun to consider. That yeah. Zahn is really credited with sort of kicking off this whole Star Wars Expanded Universe thing. And, like, the fact that he's finally talking about the origins of the Chiss Ascendancy is a lot of fun, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. It is going to be great. Uh, Let's see, Charles, Wes, any thoughts? I'm just, just
4: excited a- for more Thrawn, man. <laughs> just more Thrawn. <laughs> Bring it on. Agreed.
0: I mean, just to clarify, this is an origin story, as you say, for Thrawn, right? So you have yeah. this book coming out tomorrow, I guess, hit my doorstep, and then there's the three Thrawn books that are canon that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Zahn... had had, Timothy Thrawn had uh, written. (laughs) And then there's the legends, right? And there's the legends Hmm. that he had written back in the 90s? Yes. Okay.
1: 91, I think, was the first one. Yeah, because the the, the trilogy and then the Hand of Thrawn duology, technically, and all that jazz. That's right. Okay.
2: Uh, You know, speaking of this, no. I'm not sure. Do you guys follow Timothy Zahn on Facebook? This is a random question that I literally just thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's been sharing so, some really cool stuff. Yes. So mm-hmm. he's been doing these weird, weird sort of posts lately. And he like titles them like, like memory. And he like recaps something of like his most, like recaps something about, about writing um, one of the Thrawn books. So you guys vamp for a second. I'll see if I can pull one of these up. Cause honestly, it's worth sharing. Cause it's a lot of fun. Let me see if I can find one.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, here, that's how, that's how we'll uh, we'll close out tonight's show with one of those memories. And it's a fun little little writing exercise for Zahn because the book of Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising here, I'll put my, my blue pages here um, for all you that are watching live. It does have the little blue borders and I, on every page. It's pretty cool. But uh, the format of the book is the main story, and then every so often you'll get a memory chapter that will be earlier in Thrawn's life. So I think that's got to be, see if you'll see there, I'll cover up some, uh, some text, but it's got this little thing that says memory on it, and it'll go through an earlier part of Thrawn's life. So I guarantee you, Zahn was like, oh, cool, I'll do that. I am Timothy Thrawn, so I will now go through my own memories and uh see what I can add. So Corey, did you were you able to find any of those while I was vamping Yes, yes. And
2: to, to you know, I'm I'm already excited to talk about Theron. I can't wait to wait when we do this. When is this book like so we do we do it about thirty days after release? We do a round table mm-hmm. thirty days after release. Everybody's got plenty of time to read it and that sort of thing. So
1: when are we doing do you
2: happen to have the dates in front of you, Eric, when
1: we're doing this? So the, I the actually do. I have the round table dates. So uh, the next two weeks are Poe Dameron Freefall, and then we have a couple weeks of just regular episodes. That's right, folks. We don't just do roundtables. Uh, but October 5th is our first Throne Ascendancy date. Okay. That's October exciting. like 5th.
2: Yes, I'm already really excited to talk about this book. The The memory <laughs> format, like, absolutely works, Eric. I'm not sure if you agree, but, like, mm-hmm. one of the big criticisms of a I lot of it. Star Wars books have been when, when things go back and forth. Like, uh, what was the Han Solo book that people— Last were- Shot. Last shot. People were not a big fan of the way it went back and forth. The memory format is a beautiful way to do it, I think, because like yep. the story ties directly into things that happen next. And it's 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 Timothy's on at his at his finest. So anyway, I pulled up his Facebook thing. So this one's from um, August twenty ninth. So he says, "Memory Thrawn." It says, "A new era in Star Wars publishing was underway. Birds were singing. Writers were writing." And all my agent could get from his nudging uh, his nudgings of tim 's available to write new books was yes, we know <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I was the old guard as they had fresh new talent on the front, which was fine i 'd written ten novels and nineteen short stories that 's crazy to think about by the way it's wild and if that was all I ever got to do in the Star Wars universe, I was content. I had my say. I was happy with what I'd been given and, I, and what I'd accomplished, and I can move on. Enter Star Wars Rebels. They flew me to San Francisco to drop the news on me that Thrawn would be the new featured villain in the third season and later also the fourth.
1: Could, could, could have been a phone call, but okay, fine. I get the that, drama. <laughs> of the, all right. It says, uh, they
2: flew me to San Francisco for the news, to drop the news that Thrawn would be the featured villain in the third season and later also the fourth of the animated TV show. To say I was surprised, excited, and honored would be like saying the Pacific Ocean is wet. <laughs> <laughs> After the initial shock of that died down a bit, they told me they also wanted me to write a book detailing Thrawn's rise through the Imperial ranks to the point in the timeline where he entered the T V show. Thrawn was probably intended to be a standalone, but when the book sold out at the two thousand seventeen celebration, I was soon asked to do a follow up. Tomorrow, Thrawn Alliances. So he's done these. You guys need to check this out. It's a page on Facebook. It's Timothy's on his name in yeah. the page. And it's 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 got a lot of cool stuff on it. But like he's been doing these like once a week or once every day or something. And he like highlights some memory of his publishing career, which is really, really cool to go back to the super old stuff. Like in the Mm nineties when he's talking about like how, like if you guys remember that episode with John Dexon Miller, like where he, where he really went into like the nitty gritty of what the publishing world was like and how it was like kind of fly by the seat of your pants. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Like it's fun. It's really fun to hear, hear his insight because like, he's really been around since like the beginning and yeah, I, know. I have a lot of a lot of respect for Timothy Zahn, and like I think this new this new book trilogy is like, I think people are already gonna gonna it the way that they do
1: like the original Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, I think I think we're definitely going there. And also, if you want a little more insight, and you're listening to this either on Thursday on the Patreon feed or Friday on uh, the everywhere wide release on Friday night, Timothy Zahn is doing like a live webinar type thing with Tom uh, from Del Rey. Uh, and you can go. I believe on the uh, Delray Book Twitter is where I find is where I found it. I'm sure it's not hard to find. There's like a registration link where you can like basically sit in on their Zoom call, and Timothy Zahn will talk about publishing, and they'll talk about all kinds of Star Wars stuff. So if you want to start your weekend off with some Thrawn action, definitely go check that out. And of course, y'all uh, over at utn.com/discord, we are going to have a channel all about Thrawn Ascendancy. I I can't imagine how many messages there are going to be in there throughout this week. Go in there. Have some fun with some fellow Star Wars fans. I can't wait. But my friends, we're going to have to wait just a little while longer because that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you are already supporting us on Patreon, thank you. And now you can head over to Discord and join the Aftermath After Show video channel right now to hang out with us for our after party. Our $5 patrons get to listen. Our $10 patrons get to join in on the conversation. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Alec Householder, and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council 2.0, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. And Wes has a Twitter. He is at Boss Wes. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thanks to Corey, Charles, and Wes for podcasting with me. Thank you to every single one of you for hanging out. And as always, may the force be with you.
0: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping